What do you put? Do you just have your bourbon neat? No, I put ice in it. Uh, see, that's the same as water, but worse. You can't drink Evan Williams neat. Howdy, everyone. This is Tuesday, May 9th, 2017, and this is episode 44 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined as always by Craig Stone. What's going on, Craig? Happy to be here. As always? As always. Anything good? Uh, not allergies, which I'm feeling, so if you can hear me sniffling or just sounding generally terrible or voice deteriorating as time goes by. That would be the brilliant pollen of New Jersey. So I don't, I don't have any strange questions to ask you to kick this episode off, but I think once again, you've kind of buried the lead a little bit. So I'm going to jump out of order. Um, so you came down and, and visited uh, this last weekend and we went to an Oriole game. Uh, me, you, your brother Paul, and our friend uh, Dave. And before that, we went to the Horseshoe Casino in Baltimore. So you had never been. I've been quite a lot of times. So what would you think of it? Uh, I thought it was pretty nice. I wasn't blown away or anything. Um, I mean, it has sort of that total rewards, Caesars property feel. I, I think I said to you or Paul, when we were there, that if it was in Atlantic City, it would certainly be one of the nicest properties there. But there's something about the vibe of it that doesn't that feels like it would be out of place there. And and my brother made the point that it's that it's not really a resort, right? Like there's no hotel. Mm-hmm. Like there are restaurants, but there aren't that many restaurants. There's sort of no. a big food court. It's definitely. And, and I, I have to say, you got to see it when all of the restaurants were actually open. Usually, the Guy Fieri, if you go like during the week, is the only restaurant open there, and the food court. Yeah, so there's something about it that sort of feels like it's. Not necessarily running an errand, but it's a place that you go for the afternoon. You get in, you gamble, you get out. It's not some place that's trying to suck you in and keep you there and stay there for a long time. Uh, so I think if you're – like for me, I care more about sort of the ambiance and the experience and the and all the other things that make casino resorts fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has some of that feel, but it's not like I feel like I need to go all the time or – I think if I lived down there, I probably wouldn't really go out of my way to make it there very much. And I certainly don't. Um, I mean, then again, I, I think we've talked about in the distant past, I'm not like a huge gambler. Like, I don't just go to the casino when I'm bored or something like that. And I've never done it even when I was in Arizona and was, you know, didn't have a 18-month-old. Um, you know, I wouldn't just go to the casino because I had nothing to do. So... I mean, I don't think I'm the kind of person that really would do that anyway, uh, even if I lived in Atlantic City. So it's more of a social thing for me, I think. So, but I agree with you. I mean, it, it, I think it is a nice casino and I do agree. I, I'd never really thought about it until you just mentioned it, but I do think it would be a bit out of place in Atlantic City, though, as you said, I think that with the exception of Borg and Revel, it probably would be the nicest casino there. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice. Like, the, it's certainly designed nicely. I like the way the casino floor is laid out fine. Um, I do have to just pause for a second here to call, I, to call you out a little bit because I think we have some friends who have gone to Vegas with you who would laugh at you saying that it's a social thing to go to the casino. Oh, <laughs> well, it's, it's a social thing to go to Vegas or Atlantic City. Okay, one, once I'm there, I will admit I may or may not actually hang out with people. But um, Yeah, I, I just had to throw that in there. Because um, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, I don't know if we've talked about it, but we will certainly go to Vegas with a group and... And by that you mean we have in the past, but we'll never again. Yes, yeah, definitely never happening again. Um, <laughs> and and Kyle will disappear for hours and hours on end at the pie gal table at Harris Las Vegas mm. while we're we playing are doing... some sort of terrible mixed game at, at the TI. Yeah, not well, TI. Uh, IP. Yeah, they did not exist in IP. They no longer. Yes, it does not exist anymore. Uh, and so we'll go do other things like eat dinner and wander the strip but you will be perfectly happy sitting at the table at Harris for hours on end which i don't think most of our friends do which is fine it's just right. well part, part of that too is that i'm not really into like you guys really like going out and having nice dinners or going out and doing the win 50 dollar breakfast buffet for two and a half hours and nothing sounds worse in the world than that to me so i will say that i I think there was a time where I thought that was really cool. And now just like the idea of spending a ton of money on a buffet that like is totally a breakfast buffet. Yeah. And someplace that's basically like, I'm going to feel obligated to eat a ton because I would never spend that much on breakfast otherwise. Right. (laughs) And probably not even on, on lunch and rarely on dinner. Um, The buffet thing just doesn't really do it for me unless I've got, you know, two for one or comps or whatever. All right. It's pretty rare I go to the buffet. But back to Horseshoe, because that's what we were actually talking about, not talking about Vegas, which we'll never go to again. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I thought the gambling... uh, I mean, I'll say I feel like I left thinking the gambling was okay because I won. Um, But the first thing I sat down at was seven, five jacks or better, which is terrible. Um, It's terrible, but standard, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's certainly like I would never sit at a seven five table in Atlantic City, so I, I think that's sort right. Of, okay, like, fair enough. Um, and then we ended up playing twenty five dollar craps because that's what we could get on. There were fifteen dollar craps tables, but we couldn't get on that table. There's one fifteen dollar craps table we couldn't get on that table, and then the other tables for twenty five. Uh, I ended up teaming up with Dave. We only bought in for two hundred bucks and. The first guy who shot just started making points immediately, so we were never in any danger. I actually initially planned to do what they talked about on the last episode of You Can Bet on That, which is just place the six and eight for 30 bucks each and see how that goes rather than doing pass line and backing it up. But I figured, yeah, let's try the pass line once and see how it goes. And he immediately, I think he hit, he rolled an 11 to start and then immediately like rolled an eight, made the eight. <laughs> I think so in a, in a, Span of three rolls, we were already up a decent amount. And then at that point, it's like, okay, well, we might as well just keep doing the pass line and, and with a little bit of odds. I was not doing – I was doing like two times odds on six and eight. I think when he he set a point that was a 10 um, twice, and I did 30 both times on that. But the guy rolled pretty well. I think he made four points. Um, 
And at that point, we needed to get going to the game, or we thought we did. The game was actually rain-delayed, <laughs> uh, which we realized after we left the hot craps table. Um, but we were going to leave right after him, and then we said, let's get one more roll in. So me and my brother passed to you. Uh, you immediately I, crapped out. So yeah, and you immediately. So I haven't made a point. I haven't made more than one point in a roll in like a year. So I was just like, I'm not going to crush this table after this dude just had a good roll. My brother I was the man who was willing to step up to step and do up that. and destroy the table. Yes. Um, my brother very sneakily put his money on the don't, which you, I don't think you would realize until you rolled the point <laughs> until your come out roll. <laughs> uh, so Paul, my brother made money even on your roll. Um, but I mean, we left up, we all left up from that table. I yeah. think we all left up from the casino, right? Um, I think so. I, I'm pro- I was probably pretty close to even, but I certainly wasn't down, or if I was, it was a very small amount. Yeah, so we left the crafts table, and then you, well, Dave, I think, realized that the game was going to be delayed, the tarp was still on the field, so we cashed out, it was taking a while, Dave had some free play chips, so you ran over to the giant slot machine. <laughs> the biggest slot machine in history. And... There's definitely a bigger slot machine than that. Well, maybe not. I was going to say there's a bigger one at Golden Nugget, but I think it's as tall but not as wide. It was pretty big, Craig. It was a big slot machine. So how did that go for you? Pretty well. So I just put $50 in it. It was uh, the max bet was $15 a spin. So I'm like, I'll give it three spins, knowing that I would put another 10 in it if I lost all three and give it a fourth spin. But uh, I won a bunch of money on the second spin, and then I immediately cashed out for $170. So, oh, yeah. So I was definitely up between that and craps. Yeah, I mean, so positive EV, I think, advantage play to go to the biggest slot machine in the world. Is that Yeah, as far as I can tell. I mean, I've done two spins on it. It was not positive EV after the first spin, but after the second one, it certainly was. So you might need a little bit of perseverance, but... Yeah, I mean, you didn't just stop after the first spin, so I don't think we can say it's small sample size. You did <laughs> your your research and made sure you hit the button a second yeah, time. So I did. I think I think we can seriously recommend that machine. Yeah. I mean, I've, I think the general rule is that the bigger the, and the, more, like, whatever obviously placed the machine is, probably the worse it is. <laughs> um, but not in this uh, case, clearly. Yeah, no, it's my research does not back that up. <laughs> so. yeah. um, will you ever play the giant slot machine again? I, I doubt it. I'm a winner on it. There's no reason to change that. I think that's probably smart. Uh, anything else on the horseshoe? Oh, so Blackjack... It was a Friday night. It was Saturday night, Saturday evening, uh, Derby night. So it was crowded. The uh, I was almost called it the Royal Derby. That is something else. That is a game. The Kentucky Derby. At the Wild Wild West. Uh, yeah, it's the Kentucky Derby. So insane long line at the at the race book. Uh, pretty good crowd throughout the place, but there was um, ten dollar blackjack. Is that right? Yep. Packed, um, and then a decent amount of fifteen, I think, in twenty five. Uh, we played what twenty five dollar tiles, which is that would that's mm-hmm. normal for even a for AC. So that was cool. Um, yep. The Asian room is very cool. I'll say, very nice. nicely decorated. I think we talked about how Asian rooms tend to be some of the nicest places in casinos, and a lot of times have the best service. Uh, so it's cool to see that. But yeah, I had a good time. I mean, we were only there for right around two hours, but it was fun. Yeah, no, it was a good time. I mean, I always enjoy it when I go to Horseshoe with with people. So it's a perfectly nice little casino. Um, 
I well, certainly am more comfortable in it than I am in the MGM. So I, I'd recommend if you're in the area, Horseshoe or Maryland Live over MGM. But that's I mean, just me. I, I certainly liked it better than than Maryland Live for the little time I spent in Maryland Live. I just thought Maryland Live was too – it's just one big floor, right? So it's this giant mm-hmm. sort of mess, um, and I find it a little overwhelming. Whereas I think Horseshoe feels a little more manageable because it's split over two floors, which I, mm-hmm. I kind of like for some reason. But uh, I don't know. I'm coming down in June and – taking the train straight to Baltimore. I wouldn't be too surprised if we end up back at the horseshoe, but uh, it's totally a convenience thing for me, which I guess is what locals casinos are. <laughs> right. So should All we right. move on to Atlantic city talk? Yeah. Should we go through the news news first or do kind of our big news? What do you think, Craig? Do, do should we make the people wait? Uh, let's jump into our big news. Why not? Yeah. I, I think we need to kind of put it towards the beginning. So, Craig and I have been talking, and and listener Ed, who everyone should know, uh, what's it? Is it Scan? What's what are the numbers after his seven twenty? I think. Yeah, Scan seven twenty on Twitter. Um, suggests throughout uh, June eleventh as a possible meetup date, which is a Sunday afternoon on the deck at Golden Nugget, which I have never been to. I don't think you have either, right? Uh, no, I've never been. I've been to Golden Nugget. I've never been to any other outdoor spaces. Right. So he suggested it. He said it was a good time. So uh, me and Craig checked with our wives and confirmed that we were both able to make the trip to Atlantic City that day. So we are going to the Golden Nugget and want to meet up with people on the deck uh, sometime uh, Sunday afternoon, June 11th. I'm not sure exactly what time that's going to be because me and Craig have been talking. There's some things we may want to do kind of before that. But sometime kind of mid-afternoon, I'd guess, uh, we'll, we'll try to do that. And we'll we'll definitely announce kind of more details on our Twitter or Facebook and, and in the next episode we have. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to get into town probably until 1230 or 1, so certainly later yeah. than that. It's it's going to be like that for me or even a little later probably. Yeah, and I think you and I also want to check out the AC Fan Expo to see what's yeah, going on Yeah, before it closes on Sunday. Um, I mean, I don't think we'll probably spend too much time there, but just to get over and, and walk through and see what it looks like and see how it's going there. It's, it's still going to be very, very early in there run so i don't expect it to be fully realized and fleshed out with a lot of vendors and everything well and i don't know if you've ever really seen like big expos i think you haven't but like sunday afternoon it's they're like even the biggest ones are kind of dying off then vendors have packed up and left it's like sunday tickets are always the tickets that are like readily available for people to get if they want them yeah i think that's pretty standard but yeah um, I'm not expecting much, and you know I'll take that into account when I walk through it. But I, I, I would like to see it, and it's we're going to be in town, and we get in on that Sunday, so it's the only time we're going to be able to see it. So, yeah. So, what about where we're staying? Do you have any thoughts? Are you attempting? Haven't no even clue. started. <laughs> I, I haven't even started. I mean, I have plenty of options. I, I have comps right now at Trop and Resorts. I can probably, if I wait, get a CET property. So I'm not really concerned about it. Yeah, I expect if I wait, I'll end up with CET property. So I think I mentioned last episode that I've lost even my Sunday through Thursday comps at resorts, which is disappointing. Although my booklet says no Sunday through Thursday comps in May, but when I go online, it actually says that I do have Sunday through Thursday offers. It's a separate offer code. So I'm hoping maybe that'll come through for June. Mm -hmm. Um, I certainly wouldn't mind staying at resorts again, especially if I can do the Rendezvous Tower. 
Right. Uh, but no, my rates not right now otherwise not particularly good in the like eighty nine to one twenty nine range, which isn't great for a Sunday. Uh showboat is seventy four twenty five that night, for what it's worth. Um but I can't see myself actually staying at showboat, especially on a Sunday night after the fan expo is all right. wrapped up like that's I mean not... We we both know that we're gonna get free rooms at C E T if we wait, so I don't know that I will. Yeah, that's true. I'm optimistic. That's true. But yeah, you probably will. And and worse comes to worse, I don't care. We can stay in the same room maybe. As long as you're not have some horrible intestinal illness again. Yeah, it would certainly be preferable for this trip to not have that happening. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because we historically have always just stayed in the same room. But, I mean, it is kind of nice to have your own room. One thing it that is, I... It's definitely nice. And the weird thing about that that I never had never really thought about, because it's like two beds, whatever, I don't care. Like, all I need is my own bed. And it's free. You split the resort fee or whatever. Um, when you... Get up in the morning, you don't have to wait for somebody else to shower or whatever for you to shower, which is nice. I don't know that our wake-up schedules sync up that much, though, that it's really a problem. <laughs> no, I think I tend to wake up before most people in our group. Certainly before me. <laughs> right. Um, I can sleep in. Although I t- tend to have a little trouble sleeping in when I'm traveling. Add that to my many travel issues. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't mind laying in bed for a little bit. So look out for more details about where we're staying, where we'll be. Uh, yeah. You, oh, well, what about length of stay? Should we mention that? Yeah. So I think I'm going to stay from June 11th to June 13th. So if anyone can't make it on the Sunday, but they're in town on Monday or, or even kind of Tuesday morning, I guess I'll probably leave right around lunchtime because I need to pick up my child from daycare and cannot be late. So I'll, be on the safish side, but uh, I'll probably end up leaving around 11 on Tuesday. But if anyone's in town Monday and wants to hang out, I will be around. So I am doing getting there right around the same time as you on Sunday, probably leaving the same time that you're going to leave on Tuesday, but I will leave on Monday. So I have mm-hmm. a similar thing. I'm going to come back and, and pick up my daughter from daycare. Uh, so I'll probably leave around one thirty. I think there's a bus because mm-hmm. I am taking the bus. Uh, Sweet. So so I'll I've, I'll end up with right around twenty four hours actually in Atlantic City, but that should give me enough time to get a pretty full Sunday and then you know morning and lunch on on Monday. So so you, are you thinking you definitely want to stay in uh, on the boardwalk? No, not necessarily. I mean, if I can get, I mean, because Kara's will for me, it's usually the cheapest Caesars property. I mean, I think it is generally the cheapest Caesars property. So, and we can walk there from golden nugget. So it's been the most expensive for me lately, probably because I've gambled way more at Caesars and Bally's. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting much better at Caesars for me has actually been the cheapest lately, which is really strange, but I do most of my Yeah, Actually many times Caesars is also the cheapest for me, but again, I think I also gamble way more at Caesars than the other ones, but Harris is usually pretty inexpensive or free as well. So, I mean, one thing that I've kicked around is that if I don't get better rates and if I, for some reason, I'm just totally refusing to stay with you, it, it feels like it doesn't really make a lot of sense to spend $89 plus resort fees to stay at Caesars when I can spend 119 plus resort fees to stay at Borgata, right? So I agree. 
Um, especially which, which, because, especially since resort fees are like fifteen dollars cheaper at Borgata. Right. So that difference is only really like ten or fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that that is going to be a decision I'm actually going to have to make. <laughs> right. So we'll see. And I know. Cool. Well, and the other thing I'm going to keep an eye on is uh, my Vegas to see if there's any sort of super discounted rooms. Right now, it's only eighty nine bucks Sunday through Thursday, which isn't anything to write home about. So. Yep. So anyway. We, we would definitely love to see you on, on Sunday, June 11th, on the deck at Golden Nugget. And like Craig said, we'll we'll keep you up to date as, as our plans solidify. Yeah, and most of the sort of planning of that will probably happen in the Facebook group, just talking in the Facebook group. So mm-hmm. um, that's where Ed's initial post is. Some people have said that they're planning to go. A couple of people are going and staying at Borgata. So uh, if you're interested in, in being there for the sort of planning stages of it, not that there's really that much to plan out, but if you're sort of interested in seeing who's going, talking about where you want to stay and all that kind of stuff, uh, check out the Facebook group and, and talk about it there. Yeah. And if you come, maybe I'll buy you a beer. Maybe. Try to get all of our listeners a beer. But you have to listen. It's, I'll, I'll quiz you. And if you don't know, you don't get anything. The do for a win quiz. You better be listening. Yep. All right. So let's get to the actual Atlantic City news. Sure. So we talked about the Atlantic City Fan Expo and how we're both going to try to swing by, hopefully on Sunday before we go to the meetup, just to see what's going on. Because for all we know, it might be the last time we go there this summer. Hopefully not, but maybe. Um, And they have announced their first two weekends. So their first weekend is Memorial Day weekend. And it's just their fan preview weekend. Sounds like nothing's really set in stone as uh, Sean. That was his name, right? Yes. So Sean said uh, while we were interviewing him, uh, that's going to be kind of like their beta testing weekend. It's going to be free for anyone who buys a ticket to a future weekend. Um, So that is Memorial Day weekend. And then the next weekend after that, June 2nd through 4th, is board game weekend. Um, but they haven't really posted any ticket prices or guest lists or anything like that yet. So do you have any comments about that card? No, I mean, it's, it's interesting to see some info go up. Um, these are obviously kind of very general weekends. It's not like he mentioned Pokemon weekend, which is much more specific, right? Like you, you're going to get the cast of Pokemon together. Um, so I think this probably makes sense, especially if it's not going to be chock full of vendors and, and, fully you know decorated with everything open uh in time for these first couple weekends so i think that probably does make some sense um expect certainly panels and stuff to get listed for board game weekend but uh probably the future weekends will be a little bigger than these two Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so they did hint on twitter today that they uh have a lot of announcements to come they said something like we've been you know, lying in wait, like a dragon lying in wait and ready to start breathing fire or something like that. So hopefully uh, lots of news to come. So check out their Twitter. It's at ACF Expo, I think. Um, And it's ACFXPO.com is their Mm -hmm. website. So check that out. Cool. So um, we talked a little bit last episode, I believe, about the Bungalow Beer Garden, which is something I think we were both kind of tentatively excited about, but there wasn't a whole lot of information. You, thanks to your deep investigative journalism, were able to confirm that 
they are uh, related or have the same parent company as uh, the people who run Bungalow Restaurant, Lounge, and Beach Bar. Um, do you want to talk a bit about that? Sure. So they, you're, you're brilliant investigators. Yeah. yeah let me asking t- on Twitter. Yeah. I'll let you inside the journalistic process here, um, and, and tell you how we, we found this out. Um, besides just the fact that route 40 also posted an article mentioning it today. Uh, but I, when we heard about this, uh, I think it was an AC oppressive Atlantic city article, um, just very, very brief mentioning that this was proposed. Like we said, it was very, very early in the planning stages, and when I saw the name Bungalow Beer Garden, my initial thought was, oh, Bungalow Restaurant and Lounge and Bungalow Beach Bar are two other things that are owned by the same people at uh, on the boardwalk so and on the beach. But it didn't mention if they were related. So I tweeted at them before the last episode saying, hey, here's this Press of Atlantic City article. Any relation to these guys? Um, so I tweeted at the existing whatever bungalow beach ac and they responded a day later just yes that's it three (laughs) three letters yes and i was like okay i sent them a little thumbs up emoji because i was like i feel like to give them some acknowledgement um but what more needed to be said yeah i guess you know if you're just going for assignment completed check you know i'd like a little like hey yeah we're doing this you know stroke my ego a little bit i don't know i don't know what i want you're too needy craig clearly uh, so yeah, I mean, really that was all they needed to say or, but I would have expected them to be like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Or we have big plans or whatever, whatever, but no, none of that. Just like binary one <laughs> check. Uh, so it is related, uh, today actually, um, route 40, which is rt40.com posted an article by Eleanor Comley saying that the CRDA planning officer has recommended it for board approval. The CRDA's next meeting is May 16th. Um, I'm not entirely clear on whether or not this will actually be on the agenda, but it seems like it is being recommended to go forward. Uh, And then once that's done, they're still going to need all these things like permission to use space on the boardwalk, uh, obviously liquor licenses, other sort of health inspections, all that, or licensing and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but at the very least it is moving forward still very, very much in the preliminary stages, but it seems like, you know, this is a company with some existing stuff in Atlantic City, clearly knows how to get through the process of opening something on the boardwalk and on the beach. So I'm pretty optimistic about this one. Yeah, uh, I think we said last time it, it seems pretty cool. And I mean, it's hard to imagine a reason that like any sort of planning board would say no to this, right? It's like an empty space right now. So yeah, it's an empty, who, it's a parking knows? lot. <laughs> it's a parking lot that's in use. I mean, that was all I was going right. to say. It's right next I mean, to Dropicana. There's been plenty of mind-boggling decisions made by planning boards in the past, so I certainly wouldn't count your chickens quite yet, but it seems like the kind of thing that no one would have issues with. And and hopefully they allow drinking on the boardwalk sometime this summer, but who knows? Yeah, I'd love to be able to buy a beer at the Bungalow Beer Garden, which won't be and open this summer. Walk up really. to Caesars. Yeah, and, you know, sit for a bit, walk up to Caesars holding my beer like an adult, <laughs> um, walking on the boardwalk and going to Caesars and, and play some slots or whatever. So we'll see where this goes. I think it seems pretty solid. 
Yeah. Cool. So you want to talk about the beach concert, Greg? Cause I don't have anything to say. Uh, I don't have much to say other than that. Um, <laughs> it's so I, I was sort of hinting that the last announcement, which was the pink concert on July 12th might not necessarily be the first one. Um, but then as I read more about it, I realized that that was just me talking with not enough information. It definitely seems like that is the first one. Like other people have reported that it's, yeah. it's the first one. So they have announced a second one. Live Nation announced that uh, country singer Brantley Gilbert will be performing on Thursday, July 13th, which is one day after Pink is performing. I guess that makes it easy to just leave the stage set up up. Um, so probably makes some sense in that. And, you know, there's probably not a lot of overlap in the fan base. So you don't have to worry about people getting burnt out on like, oh, I wanted to see both these people, so which which one do I pick? You don't, you don't think? I bet there's plenty of people who like both of them. Uh, I don't know enough about Brantley Gilbert to know uh, I've what never the overlap heard of, is. I don't even know if it's a him or a her, but I've never heard of them. I know it's a him because there was a picture in the Press mm. of Atlantic City article by Rebecca King that that mentioned this. <laughs> oh, it shows you my, my feelings on country music. So. Yeah. I, so, but I'll say the same thing I always say, that... I have driven through South Jersey. It seems like an area that would be very keen on country music, so I'm sure it'll do well. Yeah, and for me, like I don't really care about country music. I don't find it offensive, like not offensive, but I don't like dislike it strongly. Like some people, like oh, I'll listen to anything but country. I don't feel that way. Um, and it is very fun music to listen to live. Like if you're at a bar and there's like a country cover band, that's always a good time. Nashville is great for that. Um, obviously, this is a totally different thing than that. So this guy sings Bottoms Up and The Weeknd, two songs I've never heard of. And yep. tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. on Friday, May 10th, which is not a Friday. So I'm going to have to check the date on that because <laughs> that was what that was is listed. Tomorrow. That is tomorrow. And that is Wednesday. And that is a Wednesday. Uh, so let's see if we have a, a better date than that. So while you look for that, I can kind of pick up for you. Um, May 12th, by the way. Okay, Friday, May 12th. There you go. So you don't have to panic once you hear this. Probably tomorrow, Wednesday, May 10th. You haven't missed anything. Um, Anyway, it's a bit weird to me that this is back-to-back. I mean, like you said, it's probably certainly cheaper for them, but I know you said you thought there wouldn't be much overlap, but I kind of think they're... Possibly could be, and I think there could be some burnout. So, I don't know. I mean, then again, it's not... I don't know. I'm not really sure that it's a great idea to have, like, two of their three big concerts back-to-back. I mean, I think they're not capped at three. Hopefully this is not me again talking totally misinformed. I know that their, their plan calls for three concerts, but I think, if I remember right, last summer they actually planned for more concerts beyond uh, what they were initially expected. They ended up canceling one or two. Um, but you also planned for a new year's Eve concert. That's How'd a good that point. Go? Yeah. Can't rely on plans yeah. or even what's in the contract. Can't, can't rely on anything <laughs> in Atlantic city, Greg. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of an interesting point. Cause I had looked at this very optimistically like, Oh, they're cramming the schedule. They're going to, but it could be like, they're knocking like, it out and so, they're going to so get out of not- here. Yeah, not only that, though, it's like, even if there's, even if you're right, and even if there is no overlap of people who want to listen to to Pink versus Brantley Gilbert, like, 
you're not getting the full economic benefits of this by having them back to back, right? Yep, because you'd want people to come in and listen to Pink and spend a weekend in Atlantic City, and then you'd want you know people to come in and listen to Brantley Gilbert and spend a, a weekend or what in this case, I guess, a couple weekdays in, in both of these cases in Atlantic City, and you're not you know they're going to be colliding with each other. Yeah, that's definitely true, and that's something that I hadn't really thought about. I mean, it's as far as you know what the CRDA wanted in, in funding these things, this is probably not giving them the full benefit. <laughs> no. Well, I'm sure they wrote the contract in some way where it did not outlaw this. So it's a nice cost savings measure for, is it live nation that, that runs this? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's optimal, but yeah, live and I, learn. Hopefully they write the contract better next time. Yeah, so they're, they are expecting a third concert announcement sometime after Memorial Day. I don't know if there will be anything beyond that, but uh, hopefully, hopefully more. Yep. All right, you want to talk about some uh, some resort fees? Everybody's favorite topic, the resort fees. Yeah. Uh, so do we want to just jump right into the, the, the numbers that go, go for it or have lots of numbers after the decimal point because that's the way taxes work Mm -hmm. um so in 2017 new jersey actually decreased their sales tax to 6.875 percent um which so this has been in effect for a few months but uh the hotel tax is still seven percent so the total tax is now 13.875 percent on your room instead of 14 percent so if all this time you had been looking at a room rate and multiplying by 1.14, now you need to multiply by 1.13875. Uh, so that actually has sort of a ripple effect in the in the resort fees, in that they get they've all been kind of tweaked to just stay the same, even though the mm-hmm. tax has gone down. So they're basically collecting more. Right on there for their resort fee, they're getting a few extra cents on their resort fee because they are paying less in taxes on it. Um, so Caesars had previously adjusted to this to twenty three dollars and sixty eight cents, and it and it worked out to thirty two dollars, which I, I didn't think really made sense at the time, but whatever, that was what showed up on the bill. Now I went online today to check, and it went to twenty three seventy one. So they raised the resort fee by three cents. Mm-hmm which should round out to $32. Like that should work out perfectly. 2871 plus the 13.875% tax should be 2871. Or no, 20 whatever, $7. And then $5 for the mm-hmm. occupancy fee to get to 32. When you actually go to book, it tells you $32.28. So I have no <laughs> idea where that 28 cents is coming from. I'm assuming there's something wrong in their little booking thing and, i don't know and, if it will ever get fixed as as you may know and if you don't i think craig and i are two of the all-time experts on the ins and outs of everything with the total rewards website so and i, I don't think this is shocking to either of us that something seems horribly wrong on it yeah and it really confused me as i was looking at it because i was like i just don't understand how you come up with this number um because a lot of the other – I think every other property now includes the tax in their resort fee. So when mm-hmm. they tell you the resort fee, they just say like 1708 or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which we'll get to for resorts. But uh, So I was confused and then I sort of like separated it all out and realized like, oh, this should work out to $32. 
but it doesn't. So I don't know what the deal is. And I, the other thing is I'll say that, that I'll say is I wouldn't be surprised if you actually go and pay and your bill is $32. It's just that what it shows you online is thirty-two twenty-eight. So if anybody's going and staying at a Caesars property in the next couple of weeks, uh, let us know if they take your 28 cents because that's important. That 28 cents is yours, not theirs. Mm. Um, probably not a big thing to get outraged about. I just thought it was strange. All right. So, so I think that the biggest news, though, is about Tropicana's resort fees, right? Well, resorts actually did a significant or, raise. Yeah, resorts. Sorry. That's what I meant to say, but keep going. Yeah. Uh, we do have trap news. We'll get to that. Um, resorts uh, increased their resort fee from um, 1367 I think, to 1708 And so this is actually their second increase of the year. It was just over $10 before. Um so now it's seventeen oh eight, which includes the tax, and right. with the five dollar occupancy occupancy and tourism fee, it's twenty two dollars and eight cents. So uh, Chauncey B three W O V on Twitter pointed this out to us. I feel like we mention him every, every everyone's episode. favorite uh, Twitter avatar or profile picture or whatever you want to call it. The Gijun Teen Pair. Yes, is it Gijun Teen Pair? Or is it just Gijun? No, it's Gijun Teen. That's that's good stuff. Um, it's good. <laughs> So, yeah, thanks to him for pointing that out. I feel like we've mentioned him every episode recently for pointing stuff out to us. But uh, a little disappointing to see resorts now having relatively high resort fees compared to other uh, casinos. So we've updated the list um, so you can see the comparison. But, I mean, what do you think? So, I mean, what I said on Twitter in response is that it's just – it's a bit strange. It's it's making it harder to recommend them as a great place for low rollers to go. And if you listen to the podcast, you know that Craig and I are both kind of big fans of resorts, but their resort fee is the highest in Atlantic City other than the CET properties right now. It's higher than Borgata, and it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, and 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 not only that, but no one in Atlantic City has raised their resort fees this year except for resorts who's done it twice. Yeah. Borgata raised theirs late in 2016. Um, mm-hmm. I think from 15 to 20. Uh, and so that, I mean, and that, I mean, MGM coming in, obviously that was probably going to go up, but right. And I don't think, but no one would complain about the Borgata's being 20 because when you compare it to, uh, like the other properties in Atlantic City, like it looks quite reasonable. I mean, I, I would complain about it being 20 because I think it should be zero, but whatever. I mean, that's a different conversation to have. But, you know, the fact that resorts is the second most expensive property, well, I guess the fourth, the fourth. most expensive <laughs> property because of, you know, CET having three casinos, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, for me, they should be $15 or, you know, maybe even $10 to, to undercut the other places but i don't know i mean i don't have access to the same spreadsheets they have i don't have access to the things they're looking at i mean maybe maybe you know people really are super uh like resort fees are a super inelastic multiplier i guess or it's like an inelastic good because people don't really take them into account at all when they're booking anything so maybe it doesn't matter but i don't know for me i think that it, it's weird that they're so high compared to the other players in the market. Yeah. I mean, I, I think unfortunately people are not 
looking at a chart like this that lists all the resort fees against each other. Mm. So people just go by whatever the room rate is. They assume the resort fees are generally similar. Um, and, and, you know, they're, they're only, what, they're $17 apart from the cheapest, which are uh, Golden Nugget and Tropicana at $15 to Bally's, Caesars, and Harrah's, which are $32. Um, but, again, like you said, Borgata at 20 bucks in the middle of the pack seems totally reasonable. But for some reason, resorts at 2208, I mean, for some reason being it's not as full a resort as Borgata is, it seems excessive. And really, they should be the cheapest, probably, resort fee. So, yeah, I don't love it. It's probably not enough to deter me from going. And, and that's the rub, right? Like, it's not enough to deter people from going. So they're going to keep raising it until they hit that point or until it gets legislated out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what is that point? I mean, you know that for me, I know that we differ. Like, the CET resort fees are at the point now where I'm not really comfortable paying them. And it's something we talked a lot about before our last trip. And I know you're not there yet, but what is kind of the point where you get uncomfortable? I mean, 32, I find very frustrating. Over 30, I find very annoying. But it still ends up being usually the cheapest for me because it's a lot of times my only comp option. But Mm -hmm. when I had the option of a Caesars comp with the $32 fee or the resorts comp when it was $16. I definitely took resorts over that. Um, and really, I mean, if I have any other comp, I would probably prefer it to total rewards solely because of the fee, even though I like Caesars better than, you know, I'd rather stay at Caesars than resorts. I'd certainly rather stay at Caesars than, than Tropicana. Um, I would probably if given the same, rate like zero (laughs) i would probably prefer either of those other two properties just because the resort fee just as a vote with my wallet sort of thing um Mm. but it's pretty rare that i have that option where they're all the same price we'll see if that happens on on a sunday night but i don't know yeah i don't know i just don't think it's great i think that it it hurts resort standing as kind of the like low rollers local casino, which is I think what they're kind of trying to go for with them. And then gold and gold nugget are the two in my mind that, that have that status. So I don't know for me, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but anyway, um, the other piece of news is I think in a bit of super investigative journalism that only that you kind of broke, or maybe you're the only one who's ever talked about it at all. Um, (laughs) You know, maybe I'm the only one who cares. What like like a year ago, you were when you were writing up the list of fees and stuff. You discovered that on all the third party sites, uh, Tropicana had an extra fee above and beyond the resort fees that they were charging if you booked on like an Expedia or Kayak or or whatever, right? Yeah, and it was it was a good amount. It was over twenty bucks, I think, per night per room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in checking all the resort fees to update this list, I looked and I said, oh, let me just check this to make sure I'm not telling people the wrong thing. And Hotels.com and Expedia no longer have any sort of extra fee. It's exactly the same if you book on their site or if you book on either of those third-party sites. I'm assuming all the other third-party sites like Orbitz and... uh what else price line and all that stuff is the same. Um, one thing I did notice is that the rooms tended to be actually a little cheaper. The, the display rate tended to be a little cheaper on Tropicana. And that was even without me being signed in, uh, to my account. So 
definitely check to book through Trop Direct, um, which is interesting. I mean, it's, it's, I guess, kind of a different way of going about the same thing because the, the rates back when I first did this list, whatever it was a year ago or a little more, uh, would be exactly the same. The display rates would always be exactly the same. It's just that there was this weird fee that I couldn't make any sense of where if you booked through hotels.com or any of those sites, it would be significantly more expensive than if you booked through tropicana.net. Uh, now it seems like the display rate's cheaper on tropicana.net, but the, all the resort fees and everything make perfect sense, and there's no extra double secret hidden fee or anything like that. So happy about that because I don't like it when there's a totally obscure fee, especially the way it was packaged. It just said taxes and fees with a big number, and <laughs> so it didn't break it down at all. You couldn't click to expand it, and I found that really crappy. Like I just think it's a really shitty way of doing business, so I'm glad that they got rid of that. So that's that's good. And uh, you went in and updated our uh, link on our website. I know it's one of the more popular posts we've made of all the resort fees in Atlantic City, and we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. So I think the last piece of news that we have is about the Hard Rock. Um, it came out today uh, in some, I, I think it was like an SEC filing, right, or something like that. What exactly Hard Rock paid for the Taj Mahal. Uh, and it was $50 million, which um, I, I guess is a, perhaps a bit less than what people had thought, given what uh, the Taj had been valued at. But uh, do you want to talk a bit more about that and what it means? Yeah, so it was an SEC filing uh, linked to an article by Nicholas Huba from the Press of Atlantic City that talks about it. It's certainly less than expected, like you mentioned. Um, Icon valued the property at $86 million dollars in his uh, reports in 2016. Um, so it leaves presumably about $325 million for renovations because they talked about $375 million purchase and, and renovation budget. Uh, I don't know that the purchase price really means a whole lot right now in the scheme of Atlantic City because I don't think it's really all that relevant to the other properties that are on the market. Um, I guess my question is if it's relevant to Revel, if Glenn Straub ever decided to sell Revel with the uh, attached power plant. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? If this is actually decreases the value because it's sold for A lower. Bad omen. Yeah, I mean, do you? What do you think? I don't think so. I mean, they're such different properties, right? I mean, Revel, I think, should be. I mean, there's like serious architectural issues with Revel, but it's not the kind of thing that I think someone's going to fix necessarily. But, you know, design, the property design is, issues, not right, like structural like, issues. <laughs> like, right. Design issues like the hotel elevator not going to the casino or like the ridiculous escalator you have to take to the casino. But like that's not something that's easily fixed. But like Revel should should be basically turnkey. Right. And Hard Rock is like very, very, very much not that at all. So I don't think it's exactly an apples to apples comparison. I don't think this is like a, a really bad omen for Glenn Straub. I think that that I and and most other people that I hear from are honestly, I think all other people I hear from are, are quite bullish on everything that's happening in Atlantic City. So I'm not worried about it. No, me neither. I actually think if anything... Straub could spin could spin the combined cost plus renovation budget as being more than what he paid for. 
you know, almost four times what he paid for, for Revel and the power company. So I think that that's relevant because Taj needs a ton of work. Revel does not need a ton of work, like you said. So I think that's, that's definitely part of it. Um, I think another thing worth mentioning is that the uh, chairman of Hard Rock said that you should not expect any sort of Taj Mahal, anything, at least on the interior of the building. Like they're going to get rid of all of that stuff. So that'll be interesting to see how they totally change the property. Um, I mean, I think it makes sense. And and they had hinted that they were going to totally redo the casino floor, but um, it seems like they're very serious about you not feeling like you're in the old Trump Taj Mahal when you're inside. Mm. And that, I, that was actually Wayne Perry, I think, in our Facebook group posted that, um, mentioning that uh, that comment. So if you're interested in those kinds of insights, definitely join our Facebook group. Um, he's the Associated Press writer for Atlantic City. So I'm assuming he'll write up something um, outlining that kind of stuff also. But in- just interesting to hear. Um, and obviously, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the renovations going forward. Yep. Anything else on, on Hard Rock, Taj? Obviously, we'll have to see what their resort fee is when they open. So I, I think one more piece of news. Uh, did, did we talk about this? I don't remember talking about it, but we may have. That one of the things that came out recently is that the property tax actually went down for the first time in 10 years, I believe, in, in Atlantic City recently. No, no, we did not talk about it. So I don't, I don't know if that's just kind of something for people to think about. Uh, you know, I think we've talked about uh on the show perhaps, but definitely in the Facebook group about how ridiculous the property taxes are in Atlantic city. And the fact that they actually went down this year, um, should be a pretty good sign for people who are maybe potentially interested in investing there or whatever, but, um, not necessarily in casinos cause they don't pay property tax anymore, but in, in other stuff, uh, it's still quite expensive, at least to my Maryland eyes. But I understand that New Jersey in general is very, very expensive in terms of property tax. So I thought it was an, an interesting thing that, that happened semi-recently that, that it's good to note. I mean, it didn't go down very much. It went down like 5%, and they're still ridiculously high. But the fact that it actually went down for once is a good sign. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking to do some sort of development, rentals or whatever, and you're going to have to pay those property taxes, you're definitely – balking at that. I mean, it's cutting into your profit directly, right? So anything, <laughs> yeah. anything that cuts the property taxes is going to spur investment, I would think, and spur development. Um, I mean, the taxes are absurdly high. I mean, we looked a little bit today on what Redfin and just to see. Yeah, what some I, like, taxes I was looking on Redfin and I was looking on the, you know, the Atlantic County property tax website, looking up some, some places and it's, it's ridiculous. And there were properties that I found that had higher property tax payments each month than, than, than principal and interest payments for, you know, a normal 30 year, 20% down loan, which is, I mean, that's crazy that you're paying more for taxes than you are for your mortgage. It's, it's, it's insanity for, especially for someone like me who comes from Maryland, which by, you know, no one will say Maryland is a low tax state, but compared to New Jersey, it is. Yeah. And I think the important thing to mention is that it's hard to sort of compare property taxes between states and municipalities because, you know, without getting too deep into it, yeah, the property tax is a percentage, but it it all comes down to the assessment. And the real problem with Atlantic City, it seems like, based on comments that I see on Press of Atlantic City articles and, and other public forums where 
Atlantic City residents post is that it's very, very hard to get reassessed, right? And obviously casinos, like we talk a lot about Borgata getting reassessed and all that stuff. Obviously casinos have deep pockets. They can hire lawyers. They can force reassessments. They can challenge them in court. Like all of the Carl Icahn casinos right now? Right. But if you're just a resident... 2014, 2015, and 2016? Yes, which is a problem, obviously. Yeah, the plaza, (laughs) the the Trop, and the Taj Mahal because he owned it then. Yeah, but if you don't own those properties, you know, if you own a small house or whatever and you need your property reassessed because it was assessed in, you know, 2007 at the height of the market, it's very difficult for you to do that because they have no incentive, right? Like the state, Mm -hmm. I mean, the city has no incentive to come reassess your property and lower your taxes. So that's how you end up with, you know, that combination of a really high assessment, the property values coming down a lot in that time. And then the percentage ends up being something crazy, like, you know, 5% of your actual home value you have to pay every year, which is just insane. Um, so that is a huge deterrent and anything they can do to like get that down is good. But the percentage, lowering the percentage is probably not going to do as much as actually going through and reassessing a bunch of those properties, which they just have no reason to do except, you know, wanting to help the people who live there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's not what local government's in the business of. No, no. All right. I think that's that's about it for this episode, right? Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that's it. Very cool. news heavy. Yeah. Well, not that news heavy, but somewhat news heavy. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was, was horseshoe and meetup. No, that's true. Well, well, we'll come back with more fun stuff next week, I think. Yeah, hopefully next week we should have a guest on, but we'll see. Um, cross our fingers. I, I think it's, it's probably going to happen. So anyway, if you want to talk to us or, or any other... Uh, listeners of the podcast, please join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Um, you can find our content, including the resort fee list at do for a win.com. Uh, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play and tune in radio. And I think this is something that we have not mentioned for the first 43 episodes of this, but I will mention now we'll break the streak on episode 44. If you do enjoy the podcast, uh, we'd love for you to rate us on iTunes because um, as Mark and Dr. Mike say, it really helps when we get good ratings on iTunes. You can reach out to us on Twitter at do for a win, where I have been doing a surprising amount of tweeting. I think somewhat recently. Yeah. Uh, You're on fire. (laughs) It's, and you can send questions to us at doforwin at gmail.com. Are you actually still checking that account, Craig? Yeah, of course. Not a lot of Are emails you? coming in. Yeah. yeah. I have it up all day, every day in a window, in a tab in my browser. Cool. I, sometimes I get an email and I can't get to it for a long time. So if, if I don't email in, in a couple of days, it's not that I'm ignoring you. It's just that I want to write an actual recent response and not just shoot you a one-line email in response. Yeah, I will confirm that Craig forwards many of them to me for my thoughts while he's crafting his response. So yeah. so if it takes a couple of days, like that's it's probably because why. Craig is meticulously crafting a response. But you shouldn't be disappointed with the response you get. So <laughs> Yeah, it's probably going to be way more in-depth than you ever would have hoped for or asked for. <laughs> We've certainly had somebody ask some innocuous questions and I'll write some really long response and I'll never hear back. And then I'll think like, maybe that was overkill. Too much, too much much. information. Too much Craig. Yeah. Too much Craig. (laughs) I had something to say, but I won't. Anyway. Yeah. uh, Don't. Just like the podcast. Um, Anyway. That's fair. Fair play. (laughs) 
thank thank you guys for for listening. We hope to see you on June 11th or June 12th or maybe even June 13th. And uh, we will hopefully be back with an episode next week. Yep. Good luck if you're going to AC. I was really upset when it wasn't working. I was like, man, I was so excited to play NBA Jam and like NHL 96. I was so good at NHL 96. I don't remember if that was the one timer all the time or if that was bring it behind the net. And then yeah, just go in front of the goalie's face. Yeah, drag it across yeah. in front and just keep going and then shoot it and he couldn't stop it. Yeah, what can you do against that? Nothing. Yeah, same within real life. You just can't yeah. stop that shot.